Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm very thankful that you're joining me today. And we have done a whole entire week on being a person of influence and what influence really means and why God wants us to positively influence his world. We talked about women of influence. Yesterday, we talked about a couple of men of influence. And so I want you to remember that you need to be constantly forgiving yourself because part of having influence is compassion. Influence is about humility. Influence is about being authentic. And we want to accept that God influences the world through us. Who else is he going to work through? And he's willing to work through us. And we've talked at length on this show, realizing that God, as soon as we were created, God knew every minute of every day of our life. He knows every success, every failure. He's made provision for the successes, and he's made provision for our failures. And we see this through all these, these characters of the Bible that we have looked at and we have talked about. So I want you to really be affirmed. I want you to commit to knowing that God blesses character. And when we've talked about self-esteem before, you have to remember that self-esteem is not about loving or liking yourself, just having those feelings. And it's about esteeming something means I do something that's admirable. So when I act in admirable ways... I will automatically have self-esteem. I'll be proud of myself. I'll like myself. And when I fail, that esteem also is admirable if I forgive myself or I forgive others. So self-esteem is about doing admirable things. Esteem means admiring something. It's admiration. So the more that you practice doing admirable things, the more you positively influence your world. And when you, when you fail, when you mess up, you forgive yourself. Because that's admirable. Forgiveness is hard to do. And so you don't want to judge yourself. That really is only God's realm. God is the judge. We are not to judge ourselves. We can judge our behaviors as to whether or not it's working, positive, helpful, negative, whatever it is. But we don't judge ourselves. You have to remember you're of great value to God. And you're of great value whether you have admirable behaviors or whether you are messing up all over the place. You still have great value. I mean, think about children and pets, right? We don't value them based on their behavior. We value them because they belong to us. And you belong to God. So you want to keep coming back. 
This is one of the best and greatest ways to influence people is that you overcome, you overcome. So we talked yesterday about uh, Moses. We talked about King David for quite some time because he really is one of the greatest comebacks. So let's and then we talked about Job. So let's talk about Daniel. So Daniel, he grew up as a slave in Babylon. And Daniel was eventually promoted to a position of authority under the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, it was through the influence of Daniel that the kingdom was able to see some godliness brought to that godless time. And later, King Darius befriended Daniel. However, there were men who were, who were jealous of Daniel's influence and position, and they convinced the king to make a law that people could only worship the king and no other person or God. However, but Daniel continued to pray, as he always had, to the God of Israel. And so the punishment for that disobedience of the law, not to worship anything other than the king, was to be thrown in the pit of lions. So these wicked men had Daniel arrested, and Daniel accepted the punishment without complaint. I mean, that's amazing. So he prays to God every day when the law had been passed that you're not allowed to do that. And then he's arrested and punished, and he didn't complain. And King Darius, because he loved Daniel, fought the law on Daniel's behalf, but he was powerless to change the consequences. So while Daniel slept peacefully in the land of lions, I mean, think of that. This is how connected Daniel was to God. He slept peacefully in the den of lions. That's an amazing idea, insight, behavior that we want to adapt. That when I'm in the den of lions, I need to be peaceful. Because I know that the God of the universe is always on my side. So even if you're in the, the den of lions because you messed up, you still have God. So now Darius, let's go back to the story. He was up all night worrying about Daniel. And the next morning, the king was so relieved that Daniel had been brought out of the pit. And the men who plotted against Daniel were then fed to the lions. And the Bible says that their bodies never reached the ground before the lions had devoured them. So these hungry lions allowed Daniel to sleep peacefully, and they devoured the men that came against him. I mean, that's really powerful. That's an amazing story. Are we willing to trust God in whatever circumstances we are in? Whether we were thrown into the, to, to the pit, whether we jumped in the pit, whether we found ourselves in the pit, or whether someone else put us in the pit, are we willing to trust God when we are in the pit in a den of lions? So let's look at Paul. I really like Paul. He was a great man. And we first see that when his name was Saul of Tarsus, 
and this was before his salvation, he was convinced that Jesus and Christianity were plots to destroy the Hebrew God of the Old Testament. However, Jesus revealed himself to Saul, and he accepted the Lord as his personal Savior. And then, instead of persecuting the church, Saul changed his name to Paul, and he began to preach and establish new churches throughout the known world. Now, Paul, Saul, when he was Saul, killed thousands of Christians and felt very righteous in doing it. And this is really important to realize that sometimes our best intentions are way off the mark. But the thing that's so important about Paul is he was willing to be humbled. And let me tell you, you know, God has to really break men because they, they are tough. And so Saul was blinded. I mean, think about this. If you were in Phoenix, because that's where we are, and you were in downtown Phoenix, and you were blinded, and you had to find help somehow. How humbling is that? And so if we look at it metaphorically, if you've been doing what you thought was your best intentions, and all of a sudden you're blinded and you can't see your way, and you don't know what you're doing, and you have no idea where to go, and you have to depend on people. And this is tough for men. They don't like to depend on people. You have to depend on people to take care of you or help you or guide you. This is the legacy of the Apostle Paul. And so he really found Christ, and he repented. And imagine what it would feel like when you come to the understanding that Jesus is the Lord and you have been crusading to kill all these people. And he had to live with that. He had to live with the fact that he had been, in many ways, a fool and arrogant and self-righteous. And still, Jesus revealed himself and used him in ways that moved the entire world. He's truly one of the greatest men in the Bible. And his past was horrible. So let's look at Barnabas. He's not as well known as Paul, but he played a really big role in the establishment of new churches in the Greek and Hebrew world of, of his day. And so Barnabas was the man who took Paul under his wings when no one else trusted Paul. And this was because Paul was most known as the greatest persecutor of the Christian church. But Barnabas saw who he was. And so Barnabas trained Saul in the ministry and accompanied him on so many of his early missionary travels. So later, these two men split up, and they formed two new teams of church planters. Paul took Silas with him, and Barnabas took John Mark. But this is really important. Let's look at Barnabas. Barnabas was humble enough to say, I see the calling on this man's life, even though I know his past. And I'm going to lead him and guide him. And I'm not going to judge him. I'm going to lead him and guide him. And so this is important for you men. Do you see 
other men that need to be leaded or guided but have a terrible past? And are you willing to do that? So John, Barnabas had done a great job in training Paul and then John Mark. So think about this. Are you called to do that? And are you willing to take God's leading? Even when maybe nobody else will deal with a certain man? Are you willing to hear from God and lead and guide? Take men under your wing and be willing to partner with them and help them walk out the calling God has on their life. So think about this. Who's your favorite man in the Bible? Who do you like to study? Who do you like to reference? And so it's really important that we have people that we go, that person I like, that person I want to aspire to be. I really resonate with Paul. I resonate with David. I resonate, resonate with Solomon. Or, or I resonate with, with Paul. So pick some men, either from the Bible or current times, that inspire you. I mean, Billy Graham. I, I, I heard on the radio uh, yesterday because he passed. He was said to have interacted with 80 million people individually in his life. He lived to be 99. I mean, this man, he also bailed out uh, Martin Luther King Jr. because he really wanted to really integrate all the races, all the people into the body of Christ. And so he bailed him out of jail. I mean, this was a great man. So these men in the Bible, remember, in, Jesus influenced the world one person at a time. He had more impact in his relationships, his one-on-one relationships, than he did when he taught the 5,000. It's great to get information. It's great to get cognitive guidance. But it's the relational piece that we really want to focus on. How do you interact on a daily basis with all the people in your life? Are you a positive influence with a person that sits in the desk next to you? Are you a positive influence on the person that's bagging your groceries? Are you a positive influence when you're driving? This is really important that we understand the power of influence. So remember, what men in your life have influenced you positively? What men in your life have influenced you negatively? Who do you want to aspire to be? Dad, a brother, an uncle, a coach, a teacher, a movie star, a famous athlete, a scientist, a TV or book character, or just a friend. Who has influenced you to either be more like them or not be like them? So you either influence positively or negatively. Whether you believe it or not, you are seen, even if you feel unnoticed. You're either seen as someone people want to be 
or someone people don't want to be. So never let the enemy of your soul tell you that you don't matter or that you don't have any influence on the world around you. Because I want you to think about the energy you give people when you're courteous. So if all you ever do is be courteous, you have to understand that really influences people. It encourages people to do what you've just done. So if you're, if you're you know, standing in the checkout line at the grocery store and the person in front of you has 25 items and you have three, and they say, hey, go ahead of me. You only have three items. All of a sudden, you're encouraged, you're influenced to do that with the next person. Or what if you just let a, a car in, you, you wait and let them pull in front of you? You influence that person to repeat that behavior. This is why the power of influence is so important. So let's think a little bit more about this. We want to point people to Christ. We want to be attractors. We don't want to be detractors of Christianity. And there are many times that I've interacted with people and they were stunned when I said, oh, I'm a Christian. And they're like, I, I've never known a Christian like you. And I start to hear stories of, of Christians they've interacted with. And they were very, very negative. So we have a really big responsibility if we call ourselves Christians. If we say we know Christ and we act completely opposite, we act like the world. We act with hatred. We act with judgment. We act with irresponsibility. We have a big responsibility if God is working through us to influence the world in a way that changes people. So we change one person at a time. And I want you to think about this idea of being a comeback. So some days, you know, I do pretty good. And other days, I'm like, oh man, I'm not on my game. But I can repent, I can come back. I can always be forgiven, and I can always start over. So God has influence, and he influences every essence of all things if we let him. So this influence, this denotes power. It's invisible. It's invisible, but it's known by its effects. And so the power that you have, don't let the enemy tell you that you have no influence. Everybody has influence. And so some of your calling may be very unseen by the world, but it may have lasting effects. And when you get to heaven and God says, hey, thank you, well done, good and faithful servant, you did the unseen but I saw. And that's the power of influence. You will have great reward. You may not have any 
you may not be really quote unquote seen in your life, but God sees. And so be encouraged that if your influence is just courtesy, it goes a long way. If you have great influence and you speak to thousands, then do that well. But whatever it is that God has called you to do, you want to do well. So who has influenced you? So I want you to think about who positively influences me? Who would I aspire to be? And so who has had the greatest influence in your life? God, Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. If this is the case, then he would be able to use all the above people that have influenced you as more vehicles of influence. Think for a moment what influenced you most in your life. This quote-unquote what. It could be a person, it could be a place, it could be a thing, it could be an experience. Whatever it is has a lot of power as to your thoughts, your decisions, your moods, even your morality. These people, these things, these ideas influence you. And when you use that influence positively and you influence others, we change the world. So what has power over you? What influences you? So God doesn't want to change who you are. He loves who you are, who he created. He wants your character to reflect who you are. And so you want to remember that your influence, because you, you are, everybody is uniquely made. There are no repeats. So your influence is very unique. And a godly influence of great power, it changes the world and it changes your family. So we want to influence change and direction with integrity, honesty and virtue, kindness, character. God blesses character. And we're working on it every day. Some days we do better than others. So I want to encourage you today to keep coming back and recognize that your influence is very unique and you are the only one that can influence people in your way, your unique way. So let God flow through you. Work on character, work on integrity, work on ethics. Let's be a bright light in the world. Let's be people that look different in a really positive way. And let's truly reflect who Jesus is and understand that if you're calling yourself a Christian, people are expecting you to be a different person. So be the person of influence that God has called you to be. And have a wonderful day. And God bless you. And Lord, I just pray that you would give us that integrity that we need. You would give us the morality that we need. 
you would give us that ability to be a bright light that shines through the darkness. So God bless you, and I'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.